What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the C-String Podcast. Uh, it's midweek by now, and we have another episode of Classic Rock Talk for you. And as always, that means we've got a special guest with us. That means I'm here. That means he's here. Basically, we're just a staple now. It's just, this is just it. I'm never, it's always going to be you. Um, we're back for, I think this is the fourth, fourth one that we're doing. So the album's 10, 11, and 12. We got going for you here. Uh, let's not waste any time. Let's just get started. We've got our first one here. It was released in 1972. Uh, this is the band's debut album. Uh, pretty obscure. I should preface these, uh, at least a cu- uh, these aren't like the most popular bands out there in the world, although... Despite their name. Despite their name, uh, they're, they're, uh, they're, they're not very popular. Um, they did have a chance, just didn't come, quite come to them. Uh, but this, this album is called Number One Record, and it's by Big Star. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, pretty obscure, but that's mainly because of label shenanigans, uh, which... You gotta gotta love it. Really, really big thing around this time. The Bad Finger was another band that also got screwed over, kind of in a similar way. But for this band, it didn't end as tragically, unfortunately. Well, fortunately, but yeah, it it was just it wasn't. Uh, I think we did we did another one where it was where there was like record label shenanigans for the Choice Cuts, I think. Was there something for that? I don't remember. Choice exactly. cuts and uh, don't look back. And don't look back. That's right. We had a couple for those. This one's, I guess, a little bit different. These these guys just kind of had trouble getting the album on shelves, uh, so it only sold ten thousand copies on its release, which is a little bit different to Don't Look Back, where they were just rushing them to release it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I, I found this. I don't remember. I I was. Uh, I think I was just going through like an Apple Music um, radio station or something. I don't exactly remember how, but I had heard uh, In the Street, which is uh, a song on the A side. Uh, I guess I should go through the track list here real quick. Uh, On the A side, we have Feel, The Ballad of El Gadu, In the Street, 13, Don't Lie to Me, and The India Song. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then for B-side, we have When My Baby's Beside Me, My Life is Right, Give Me Another Chance, Try Again, Watch the Sunrise, and ST 100 over 6. It's not 100 over 6, it's 100, then a like a division, like a, a forward, forward slash, slash, and then a 6. I don't understand that at all. Uh, it's a good song. I like the song. It is a pretty good song. I don't really, I don't know the meaning behind the name, so don't ask. But what is kind of cool about this band is I actually heard... The one song I know I'd heard on the radio was before it was the Ballad of uh, El Gadu. But as I listened to it more, I actually realized I've actually heard not a majority, but I've heard Feel, Don't Lie to Me, 13, um, Watch the Sunrise on the radio before. And I'm, I'm sure you most of you have as well. Uh, it just kind of, it's not, it's there not often played. So you'll yeah, hear, you hear it, but then you won't hear it again for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a recurring theme with this band uh, if you listen to them uh, they kind of they very much would remind you of a Beatles-esque uh, kind of band Yeah, they have that style They're, even their voices are very similar in ways um, and I could really tell that in songs like 
uh, Don't Lie to Me, and mm-hmm. 13, I think, and When My Baby's Beside Me, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that one, too. I can definitely hear it in that yeah. one. Uh, try Again, that one, too. They're, they're uh, basically throughout the whole album. You you can, you'll listen to it and just think, oh, this sounds like the Beatles. This sounds like the Beatles. Which is kind of funny, because a lot of bands around this time, there was, I don't know, it was just kind of this, because this was, what, two, three years after the Beatles broke up? Yeah. And it's funny, because a lot of bands around this time started to sound like them. Yeah. It was just, it was very strange. It was very strange. But I think this band did a very good job, actually, yeah. of, I don't think they were in stepping in the wrong territory here. Oh, uh, I, I think definitely. 100% agree. Yeah. These guys were, knew what they were doing, but they knew that they were doing it well. Uh, and I think there's more praise to them for that. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I think my favorite track on this uh, is probably the Ballad of El Gudo. Or Gudu. Don't really know how to say it, but I do like the India song. Yeah, I do too. I think mine's probably Don't Lie to Me. That's another good one, yeah. I like the uh, kind of shenanigan start to the song. Yeah, <laughs> whatever you call that. It's just them yeah. thumping whatever, and yeah. then... I've, I was, I'm a sucker for songs like that, but... Yeah, I I agree. Uh, uh, overall, I, I don't think this this uh, album necessarily has the B-side blues. That's what I'm, that's, I'm trademarking that, by the way. I decided. <laughs> I'm calling it that. The uh, B-side blues. It, 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 it does suffer a little bit, as does every album, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. But it's not bad. It's not, certainly not bad. Uh, that's the main thing, I think, when creating an album. There's obviously a lot of things you want to get right, but I think the, one of the most important things, and maybe the most important thing to a listener, is that you, your B-side is holds up well with against your A-side. Yeah. It's never going to be... It's almost never going to be better than your A-side, but it, but it has to have value and listener value. You can't... You don't want an album where... A listener listens to the A-side, and then they put it away. Yeah, you don't want it to peak on the A-side and then have the listener sit here and feel like they're wasting their time listening to the B-side because it's not as good or there wasn't as much effort put into it. Yeah, but I think this this album does perfectly fine. When I listen to the album, I listen to the whole way through. That's that's just very important. It's such an important thing, I think. Let's get people to buy your album as well, you know? If you you only have an A-side worth listening to, there's no they're not going to pay for the whole album and at this point they would rather pay for um 45s yeah of said album yeah so b-side has to hold up and i think it really does on this one and while yes my favorite track is on the a-side most favorite tracks are gonna be on the a-side i still think it's great Mm -hmm. still think it's a great job um with this band i do not know i did not know any of the names of of the of the artists uh completely oblivious to these guys uh chris bell i guess guitar and vocals alex chilton also guitarist and vocalist andy hummel guitarist and vocalist and then jody stevens uh percussionist yeah i looked these guys up and i i yeah i've got nothing i looked them up too this doesn't ring a bell and you know what with obscure bands like this there's probably not gonna be a lot of instances where i'm gonna know anything about the band members and yeah, the only reason why I think um, uh, the Masters of Princess <laughs> I drew a blank for yeah. a second. 
the Masters Apprentices actually, like, some of their members show up when you should look them up is because they actually played a really prominent role in the rock scene in um, Australia. Yeah. Because they were, they were the... essentially a big thing before ACDC came along and became that band for that country. And But these guys kind of just, hate to say it, but they kind of just blend in. Yeah, it's it's a, it's never what you want to be described as, but there's so many bands around this time. Uh, it when you have when you have trouble getting your record out in the first place, it's kind of hard to make a name for yourself as an artist because even nowadays, I'm sure those those of you listening and many people you would talk to probably just know a song name more than you know an artist's name. Yeah, and if you do know an artist. You maybe just have you you can relate a song to an artist. Mm-hmm. You just have one song. That's the artist, uh, you, and it's normally just one person you're thinking of. You're not thinking of five people, yeah, and like a whole band or something. So, again, this is just, it's a hard, very hard time to do something like this. And unfortunately, these guys, yeah, as you said, just kind of just kind of blended in. Unfortunately, um, but that is number one record by Big Star. Which, uh, I also wanted to mention, I really like the album uh, cover art. I do, too. I like that neon. It's got a, It's very simple. I also like the name. It's pretty cl- I like it's the number cool. one record. Yeah. It's pretty uh, pretty clever. It's clever. It's very clever. Uh, I, again, these guys had all of the makings of, like, this, these, these guys are going to be a great, like, superstar band. Like, mm-hmm. they had the artwork. They had, they, um, they, they, they had looks. Like, they were young. Uh, they had the ability, and they, they just had all the makings of it. It just never came to be. It's yeah. one of those just kind of like, just didn't didn't work out. Um, but that's going to be it. Uh, number one big star night from 1972. I don't know if I mentioned that. Uh, but that's when that was recorded. But we're going to move on here really quickly, and I'll, I'll let you take over a little bit for the intro on this cool. one. Cool. So um, this, is, um, this is this band's what? I don't know. I honestly don't remember what... Oh, fifth album. Um, released in 79 with this vocalist in this group was actually it's his first album on this... Or... I'm losing my brain here. It's his <laughs> first... His first singing job on this album. And um, this is uh, Freedom at Point Zero by Jefferson Starship, which most people hear Jefferson is, oh, Jefferson Airplane. This is after... This is the upgrade starship. <laughs> this is the they upgraded from there. Um, yeah, Grunt. Uh, geez, I think uh, airplane was with Grunt too. I think throughout airplane starship or Jefferson starship and regular starship, I think they're all with Grunt uh, records. But yeah, so the track listing is Jane, Lightning Rose, Things to Come, Awakening, Girl with Hungry Eyes, Just the Same, Rock Music. Fading Lady Night and Freedom at Point Zero, and I really like this album. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Airplane, just because psychedelic rock can get a little weird to me. But one thing I like about Starship, Jefferson Starship, is they mix that combination of Airplane with some of the newer stuff, and it actually sounds really good. And um, Jane is an example of that. Um, it's a hell of a way to start an album. Yes, uh, very, uh, very awesome. 
Uh, I don't. This song is just so good. It's one of it's, my favorites. It's hard to describe, I guess. I I, I would find actually most of these songs kind of hard to describe. Um, to me, it's you got to listen to them. Yeah. It's yeah. it does it justice if you listen to them. But Jane, Jane's one of those ones where it's a hit song, but it's not super. It's kind of faded away recently. Yeah. I because I didn't know. I didn't know. Uh, Jane, I I'd never heard of Jane. Mm-hmm. Never, never heard of it. And I, fa- I obviously found out when I looked up the album that yeah, it was a hit single eventually. Um, but it's it's one of those. It's a weird situation where I couldn't believe I couldn't have heard of it before. Yeah, it's like this. Wow, wow. Like how have I not heard of this? Yeah. It's, it's it's an amazing song. Um, and followed up greatly by Lightning Rose. Yes, um, another that fantastic song one. Then you have things to come in there, and then uh, Awakening, man. Man, that's a really good one, too. Truly it's an like, Awakening. Yeah. It's like seven and a half minutes, eight minutes, eight and a half, somewhere in it's, there. It's, I think it's like seven and a half. Somewhere around But there. it's... Um, regardless, though, you, you can't judge a, judge a song by the time it takes, but I, I, fucking, I fucking love this song. Yeah, it's, it's great. <clears throat> but I, I also love rock music. It's, yeah, me too. I, it's it's got to be my. I favorite. saw the title of it and I was like, oh man, this is a this is gonna be interesting. And I really liked I it. I really liked it. I knew from it was one of those songs where I looked at the title and I was like, man, I think I'm gonna yes, enjoy this. Yes. And I also really like uh, Freedom at Point Zero. Yeah, that was another one of my favorites from yeah. the album. I still think my favorite song from this album. It's kind of obvious, I guess the. I don't know, the basic choice, Jane. I can't describe how much I love this song. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, again, it, this is, like we said at the start, it's a band where you just have to listen to it. It's hard for us to describe why why we enjoy it so much. But I, I would put Jane at a close second for me to rock music. I don't know I don't know what it is. They're yeah. so interchangeable, but... I think rock music is my second, but... It's, God, there, there's, it's, it's such a great such a great album it's nine songs it's just nine songs but man it's it's terrific it's and amazing throughout the whole thing what is also pretty funny about this album is um so gray slick very well known with airplane um also went into this band uh she took a break from this album i can't remember i remember reading somewhere why can't think of it off the top of my head but so they brought this guy mickey thompson in who had done some singing credit before. I don't think he was in a legit band. Um, he kind of just did session work, I guess, as a singer. He was in Elvin Bishop's uh, Fooled Around and Fell in Love. But, man, that guy can sing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love his voice. Oh, yeah. So good. Um, yeah, just incredible to listen to. He can transition his voice from just it's so well yeah i I, indescribable again again indescribable uh but when i was doing some digging into this album i kind of figured out there everybody kind of there's a lot of everybody doing everything uh especially Mm -hmm. vocals with paul kantner and getting some in there as well but then the guitarists uh, like craig and david it, they just kind of interchanged and 
Pete Sears also got some guitar in there, even though he was mainly a piano guy, an organ guy. Yeah. He even had guitar at one point. I'm pretty sure I read about that. Uh, just these six, seven guys just basically did everything. One of those bands where everybody could do everything. Which, yeah, and a lot of these guys were talented, very well known because of Airplane. Like, uh, Paul Cantor's the one that immediately comes to mind when I think Airplane, just because he was such a big part of that. And, um, Paul Cantor is actually the reason why Jefferson Starship had to become Starship in the 80s. Yeah. Because... You want to explain that? Yeah. So, yeah, basically, he left and was like, oh, well, if I'm leaving, you're not going to have the Jefferson Starship name. And they're like, well, I guess we're just Starship now. (laughs) (laughs) Went on to sell even more records. Yeah. So... Even greater success as just Starship. Which might... That might be even what some people just... When they hear Jefferson Starship, they might, like, kind of be confused... Which just think, like, Starship, don't you mean Starship? Yeah, and the weird thing is is there's a a compilation album that I have. It's called Ten Years After, and it it includes the best hits from this album into, like, the normal Starship's last album. (laughs) That is weird. It's really weird and confusing, because they're they're two completely different bands. Like, yeah. Uh, you can't really include uh, that, what that would be that doesn't make any sense like Starship has a completely different guitarist and drummer and this is a band that has almost double that yeah so I, a bit confusing that is <laughs> but yeah great album I I love this album oh, yeah. I wish I need to find a copy of it on LP because I want it yeah the cover art, I'm not. I don't really understand the cover art. So I don't either, but I like. It was shot on a ship on like a just uh not a destroyer. Um, a, a, a an aircraft. Aircraft carrier in yeah. the San Francisco Bay, because that's where a lot of these guys originated from. Um, I don't really understand the point of it, but I like the fact that whatever he's throwing looks like a starship yeah it looks like a starship and it looks really cool to me how it's like a red and silver color yeah i don't it's it's yeah it's it doesn't make sense really but none of not a lot of artwork did at the time especially with the next fucking album we're gonna cover <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah um but that is freedom at point zero freedom at point zero is the name of that one by jefferson starship great uh, one very good one probably my favorite maybe maybe my favorite maybe not i don't know i still can't decide um out of these three we're talking about Mm -hmm. um but i i definitely love this album um but we're just gonna move one year into the uh into the future then from 1979 to 1980 we've got a band's seventh studio album here i looked up i was looking at their album uh fucking (laughs) records they had so many they released a fuck ton of albums uh for a long time too there are so many albums mm-hmm. um but it is animal magnetism by the scorpions yes um yeah this so these are released in harvest in europe pretty much uh heroes mercury this a lot of companies did this i'm not really sure why i have a few deep purple records that are both harvest and mercury really weird yeah but one funny thing about this album is the artwork. And there were 
I think four or five Scorpions album artworks that just got slammed here in the U.S. because of how they looked. Um, this one was no exception to that. It didn't get like covered up or anything. It was kept the same, but it was came under fire because it basically depicts a woman acting like an animal towards a man. And people did not like that. <laughs> no. <laughs> it, but it's funny because um, they're talking with the uh, the bassist and how uh, they're working on the artwork, and he just he liked the dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he he, uh, he liked the dog in the cover, so he's like, cool. Whatever. Yeah, he didn't care. He's like, the dog looks cool. Fuck it. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's great. It's and, great. Uh, Somehow they came up with the idea from Wish You Were Here. Yeah, the uh, album by Pink Floyd. I have no idea how you get what they got that from Wish You Were Here. I yeah, I looked at it and I was like, I kind of want to know what they're smoking. Yeah, <laughs> if they're getting that or like snorting, but it was a uh, very two very different covers. Very, very different. Yes, very different. Very different. One, I have no idea. One has a very weighted meaning in the album and then this one <laughs> the other one conveys this very strange idea <laughs> very i don't know how they got it from there but whatever it's it's a reason uh but the dog's cool but the dog's cool guys so it's it's fine because the dog's cool uh animal magnetism i think was a real um medical scientific practice for a long time in like the 18th century and 19th century and i from what i gathered it was an idea that if animals generally get closer together and (laughs) through that they they heal like they just heal magically don't understand it was a common practice it was a common human practice at one point too for a lot of places (laughs) it was very confusing to read uh but it's very wrong very wrong uh yeah it's not how medicine works no Um, not at all (laughs) but but won't hold that against against these guys all right i would assume i'm gonna hope that none of these guys believe that no (laughs) um but let's move on let's move on we have the track list for you on the A side, we have Make It Real, Don't Make No Promises, Hold Me Tight, 20th Century Man, and Lady Starlight. And then on the B side, we have Falling in Love, Only a Man, The Zoo, and Animal Magnetism. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just start with the A side. Uh, make It Real and uh, Don't Make No Promises, I think, are two very, very strong uh, starting yeah. starting starting tracks. I agree. Um I really like 20th Century Man, and I'll skip skip over to B-Side here, and Only a Man, too. Um, mm-hmm. Very good song, and I, Only a Man especially. Um, I, mainly just lyrics talking about how he's, these guys are, whoever's the protagonist, I guess, in this song is just a man. He can't do all of these things at, for this person. Yeah. Um, because the previous song is called Falling in Love. So I'm assuming it's only it's referring talking to a woman mm-hmm. uh, in this song. Uh, love, love, absolutely love all those. But um, let's let's move on to the B side where after falling in love and only a man, we have the zoo. 
This song is a uh, very, very good. So I, good. From the first second. That yeah, riff in the beginning sounds so incredible, and then going into the boom, boom, boom bass line. Oh, wow, dude! I, it's it's uh, it's a very slow song because it's weird for me because I really like the thumpy like rockabilly bass line in rock songs, but I really love this slow, just very weird bass line that had that this song had and. It was incredible. It, it's an incredible song. Yeah, I, it's it's hard. It's not, it's that that intro really sets the mood. I would say, mm-hmm. and, and then, then that, they get the bass going. That riff, yeah. that bass riff, that that's just is consistent through them through the whole song. It's such a simple thing, but it's a it's God, such it's, an important backbone in yes. that song. It's crazy. Um, and, and then I am in a circle back here. Because as much as much as I I love the zoo, as much as I love that song, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that my favorite song in this album and this uh, these things always change. But right now is Lady Starlight. Yeah, another very uh, very very strong song. I absolutely fucking love this song. Yeah, it starts. It's again. It's it's a slower start like the zoo. It's not as heavy to begin with. Uh, there's a little bit less of uh, instrumentals going on throughout the start yet but i think the lyrics are a big part of this song Mm -hmm. um and then you're getting through it you're getting through it i absolutely love the first half of the song and then at the end they get this fucking absolutely killer guitar yeah it sounds like fucking metallica playing the national anthem it just it slaps you in the face god it's so good so amazing which i Honestly, between the zoo and Lady Starla, I don't think I could pick no, a single good one between <laughs> I have those listened two. to this album since we talked about covering it over and over and over again, and it's really, really hard for yeah, me to choose. It's a really tough choice. I, I one day I'm hooked on one, and the next day I'm hooked on the other. This I was I was saying Jeff that Freedom at Point Zero might be my favorite, but I think out of these three, I think I have to give it to Animal Magnetism. Mm-hmm. I think I have to just because, man, I I can't. It's it, when I, I I listen to it the most, and that right there should just tell my. I sh- that should just tell me, it's got to be my favorite out of the three we've covered. We've had a week to listen to them. I've listened to this one the most, so mm-hmm. it's got to be my favorite. It just Which, I, I can't stop listening to it. Every track, one to nine, I just absolutely amazing, absolutely amazing. Which people um. I know one thing for sure is people like the 82 and on uh, Scorpions, you know, Rocky Like a Hurricane, Blackout. Yeah. I don't think that tops what the earlier Scorpions did. Yeah. Um, this is where that, tr- this is their uh, first album with, uh, I want to say it was uh, Rudolf Schenker. Schenker. Before they had uh, John Lee Roth on guitar, but. Um, this is that in-between period where they start to go over to that. Because I think they would release Love Drive after this, and then yeah. it would be Blackout. Um, but yes, this this era of Scorpions is very good to listen to. It is very... it's not. It doesn't sound commercial like the 80s yeah. Scorpions does. And it's it's it can be very heavy, or it can be very gentle. And it's... 
I, I, I can't describe how much I fucking love this album, and I am gonna go listen to the other their other stuff from around this time, mm-hmm. especially. Um, everybody knows their well, not everybody, but a lot of people know their later stuff. I'm going back to this era of Scorpions. Yeah, it's it's they had a different heavy sound, and it sounds very good. Um, yeah, very very good. Fantastic. Um, we've covered twelve albums now. Out of the twelve we've got, I'm putting this in my top three. That yeah. is how much that is how much I believe in this one, and just absolutely love it. There's some we've ha- we've covered some amazing bands, by the way. We've covered 100%. some amazing ones. For this to be top three out of twelve right now on my list, that's it's pretty fucking good. Yeah, Animal Magnetism is a very good album, and so is I'm trying to think of what they're called. Entrance. Uh, we just need too to, many to name. Yeah, it's they made so many as well. I was going back and looking through it. So many, so many, um, especially compared to I think Big Star only recorded three studio albums. It was some, yeah. I think it's it like was only three. three or four, and then Jefferson Starship obviously has their whole saga with their plane, and then Starship. Yeah. That's a bunch of. So they got a lot of stuff there. Their but, character arc. Yeah. <laughs> their movie arc. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then you have Animal Magnetism. They released so many fucking albums. Oh, uh, yeah. And, and I am ready to go and fucking listen to them all. It's crazy that they all fly under the radar, too. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, don't understand why. it. It's, it's I have no such idea. a good. So it's such a good metal sound. It's yes. very good. It's this nineteen eighty period. You know, I'm not a huge fan of metal, or but you know, hard rock has some has some ups, and this transition period between what was the nineteen seventies and what became of the nineteen eighties created some incredible, incredible albums with a mixture of both. Mm-hmm. It's kind of similar to that 1960s kind of like funky style to the then to the 1970s. That era in between there also created some that, really really incredible things. Like um, we that covered weird psychedelic monolith. That, yeah, I can't like we that covered disco that. rock flavor. Yes, it, incredible. It's these transition periods between the 60s and 70s and the 70s and 80s are becoming my favorite time to try and find music from. And I'm not sure if I've mentioned this on here, but I, in my opinion, if you ask me, the Wild West for music was the 70s. There was, I think I've said it on here before, but there was just so, so much going on through that period. You know, you had the birth of metal, just, just so much going on. And I've heard a lot of people talk about how it kind of bloats the idea of rock, but it helps you discover what you like, honestly. Yeah. yeah. I completely agree with that. And it's just, it's, it's fascinating to me. And I don't think there's ever going to be a decade that no, beats it. No, no. It, there's just nothing like it right now. No. This, this exploration of music is never, it's never going to happen again. It's so, it's, it's, it's hard to wrap your head around things that are never, ever going to happen again. Like, wrapping your head around the idea of that is is hard to do but this is something when you think about it this there's just no way in hell that no. we're gonna get a time another time period where all of these incredible ideas come to life and they they formulate 
and all of these bands start coming out and all of these different rocks rock genres are being created in a span of 10 years it's not gonna happen it's not gonna happen you know you you have people and artists nowadays saying things like well i'm trying to inspire people with my lyrics just things like that it's just it's 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 nothing it's too plain it's Mm -hmm. too it's too it's too predictable it's it's easy to see what's coming next and all you've got nowadays is basically rap and pop and hip-hop which you know you know it has its it has its perks but it's just not there's no there's no flame of creativity that was around like in the 70s i think a majority of it also goes to the commercialization of it yeah that's i mean true. um if you look at the 70s yes the 60s and 70s yes they were in it for money but artists really enjoyed making what they made and really enjoyed stepping out into the abyss yes. to try something. Whether or not, it, like Rush, for example, I talked about how, um, well, actually, I don't know if I talked about it on here, but Rush with Caress of Steel, it flopped. And they said what the record company wanted them to go this way, and they said, well, we're not going to do that. We are going to do this, and if this doesn't work, I will go back home to Toronto and work in a gas station. I don't care. I want to do these it my people, way. Yeah, these people were crazy. And yeah. then they proceeded to release 2112. Yeah, and then so, that happened. So you know what came next. It's I, just it's it's an era where I could spend hours just researching about all of these different things and different bands and different ideas and different genres that came from rock mm-hmm. and all i would have to do to, to find the different sh- shit from nowadays is go on google and maybe i could get it done in one word ser- in one search yeah it's there's just it's just nothing can compare nothing We're, can compare in this generation until we decide to musically until people decide to step out and explore again it's not going to happen it's not it's that's why the 60s and 70s just produced so much insane music is people yeah. were trying things. Yeah, it's people were trying things. I can't, can't stress it enough. Um, but I would like to talk about, do you think, you know, obviously, I don't think that this is ever going to happen again. But do you, like a creative genius, like sort of decade, but do you think maybe classic rock could see something? Could, do you think bands could form? And aspire in aspiration to perform like a classic rock band. I think it's possible. I don't know. So, for example, I was talking to I don't know how well it'd sell because I was talking to one of my coworkers. I sent him. I sent him a song, and he said he didn't. Oh, I sent him "Dogs" by Pink Floyd. Okay. And um. He said he didn't like it simply because it wasn't loud enough. And I think that is the problem with modern rock. Because if you ask me, rock died when grunge happened. That's yeah. Grunge killed the idea of art or rock being artistically created. And more or less made... Now it's just more for sound. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I think it could happen. It's just it'd be interesting how people would respond to it 
that's the main problem I think is you have a you would need it to happen over a long period of time because you can't just people when they get older they don't just accept change that's happening around them they're not they're not no. going to switch from whatever hip hop whatever genre they like to then this classic rock thing you get these you get these like motivations to listen to this music when you're growing up that is the main problem here mm-hmm. is people are going to have to first off listen to these thing to these bands we're going to just these arbitrary bands and then they're going to have to first they're going to have to like them yeah and they're going to have to like them enough to listen to them more than they listen to other genres around others and you know what that's the uh, that's the beauty in music is it's not not everyone likes the same thing right everyone has this different vision of what they like in music and most of the time you can find it but it's nice when there are people out there that are willing to see for me it's if i get a little bit tired of i don't really get tired of rock but if i feel like i'm being oversaturated with it i go to funk yeah and if i feel like i am being oversaturated that i go to a little bit of rap into the 80s and i just it's this constant it's good that you have one specific thing you like but it's also nice to branch out and explore I think it's yeah I think it's very pivotal I wouldn't I wouldn't be talking about you know I mean I always you know diss rap or diss pop that's nowadays but I wouldn't I wouldn't talk about it if I hadn't heard it before or yeah. if I hadn't tried to listen to it before at least and I've tried to listen to these things more than just what's on the radio like what's like I've sat through and listened to a couple of albums but and I've then since then branched out and to listen to all the different kinds i listened to country country for a while there i was on like a bit of a country binge like freshman year but then you know there's pop in there some uh classic rap you know not the new age stuff but more the 90s yeah mm-hmm. uh, it you you do branch out and you find things obviously that you like and don't like but this is where this classic rock stuff prog rock classic just this classic stuff these uh in between ages with like funk and um transitioning to the harder stuff those are going to be my favorite always but there are going to be things that i like there are going to be other bands that i like and other things i like listening to like dire straits for example brothers in arms that's not really a traditional classic rock band that i would enjoy no it's not my favorite but it's something different yeah and I think if as long as people are open to that, it's really hard for people to op- be open to something different. Uh, there's a that people are just kind of weird nowadays, um, in general. But it, it as long as an open mind is all you need, mm-hmm. is all you need. And we're not gonna torture you if you don't fucking like the music we're listening. We're yeah, trying no, to, you don't have to. It's yeah. it's subjective. If you like it, then you yeah you listen to it. It's just, yeah, clearly. I mean, it's duh. It's sort of like a duh thing, but it's just, it's important to know. Um, But I would love, I would love to, I would, I would be so interested in what people could create. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure there's people out here, out there, that sound exactly like uh, Clay Mean. 
And I'm sure there's people that sound exactly like all of the other vocalists we've talked about. Like, I'm sure yeah. there's people out there with this talent. And I'm sure there's people out there that are willing to learn guitars and, and pianos and keyboards and bass and drums. And I'm sure if they got together, they could create some amazing things. Yeah. I would be so interested in hearing a new age voice with these classic rock ideas. Let me tell you, I'd love to revive progressive rock. Yes. Holy shit, I'd be all for that. And you know, Asia did it once. You know, progressive rock was very much a product of the 70s. And like disco in the 70s ended, progressive rock kind of fell. And then Asia in 1982 came up with their debut and kind of brought it commercially back a little bit. Yeah. Now they're super groups, so it was all guys that were from progressive rock groups. Yeah. It's it shows that it very well can be done. It does. It's just in the manner you do it, and the it, it would have to be done a little bit differently nowadays. But again, yeah, it's just the way you do it. Yeah, and as you mentioned, the audience. But uh, as long it's 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 hard to find an audience willing to listen. That's basically the main point. Main point there. We just I'm, need people to listen. I'll just go ahead and make progressive pop. <laughs> Progressive pop, progressive pop, or uh, progressive death metal. <laughs> <laughs> that is one. That is one genre I have not listened to yet. <laughs> uh, death. Screamo shit. <laughs> no thanks. Death metal is interesting. <laughs> I had to listen to it in a class, and it was uh, hmm. not my thing at all. No. <laughs> Maybe that's one genre where I could already tell you I won't like it, even if I haven't listened to it. <laughs> Anything that goes past uh, regular metal. Yeah, not a big fan. Anything of. that exceeds sixty decibels, not. <laughs> not <laughs> that's not it. Again, if that's your favorite thing, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I, not I'm just not a big fan. Of I, there's just no artist art side of it to me. It's yeah. just it's loud. <laughs> just fucking mash jamming the guitars, going fucking fast as you can. Turn the amp all the way up. That's what it is. Yeah, but. Yeah. Uh, again, this that is that is animal magnetism by the Scorpions. Got into a little side tangent there, but I hope you enjoyed that um, and discuss it. You know, I really I, that's the topic I would I would love to discuss with others. And I, again, I really hope we can get some prog rock stuff and classic rock of the seventies and eighties to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's animal magnetism by Scorpions, Freedom at Point Zero by Jefferson Starship, and Number One Record by Big Star. Yep. Um, I would recommend going back and listening to all these guys' other albums. Uh, there's a lot for Scorpions. There's a lot for Starship. Uh, Big Star, like we mentioned, only has three, I think. It only have three albums. But again, I would go listen to them. Yeah. Um, very, very good. All across the board here. Um, and I think I think it would be kind of cool to make a top, like a list of what we think is like, this is our favorites. What we've ranked so far. Yeah, what we've ranked so far. Um, uh and maybe we, we can do that next time. We'll do that because we'll have 15 then. So we'll have a nice, nice round number uh, to work with there. And then we'll maybe when we get to like 30, we'll do, we'll do it again. Um, but that's going to be it for today's episode of the C-String Podcast. We will likely have, we'll likely do it again next week. This will be a weekly thing. We're busy dudes. We have, we, we have a lot to do every week. Yeah, normally it'd be ideal to record these on well, I guess this is a Tuesday. This is a Tuesday. I would like to, I'd I'd like to record these on the weekend, but we're so fucking busy every weekend. It's insane. Yeah. Um, 
But, you know, so we, we're not going to sound on Tuesday. I guess it's Wednesday morning now because it's that late. But <laughs> this will be up, I guess, technically today, uh, the 28th. I will come at you guys on Thursday. You guys are going to get that NFL episode. I will record that, I guess, uh, I guess now it's later tonight, probably 24 hours from now. Uh, I will record that then. You'll get some more stuff about that. Um, and then I think after that, we're going to have a surprise episode for you guys. My This podcast is gonna has sort of just become, we're going to have an NFL, we're going to have a weekly NFL thing until the NHL rolls around. We're going to have a weekly NFL thing, and then we're going to have a weekly Classic Rock Talk. Um, the, the other stuff is kind of falling away, but we might get back to it in the future. But we're going to have an NFL and Classic Rock Talk right now. I'll have We're having a special episode that will probably come out on the weekend for you guys. Uh, you guys will probably enjoy that. And then uh, once the NHL season rolls around, I'll have to fix some stuff and see what I can do. But there's no way I can make three episodes well, three episodes a week, yeah, that's probably not going to work. Uh, I would need to start getting paid Yeah, <laughs> if I was going to make three episodes a Quit week. Quit everything, do it. Yeah. <laughs> full time. I'm doing it full time. That's not about to happen. So, But I'll see you guys. You guys are going to get this episode Wednesday morning. You're going to get an episode Thursday morning. And likely you're going to get an episode Friday morning. So you're going to have three days in a row here. But that's been it for us. We will see you guys next time, next week. Next for another week. episode of Classic Rock Talk. Not sure what, exactly when it'll be out, but, you know, it'll be next week sometime. Yep. Uh, I, I think I have... I think I already have an idea of one band I want to do. So, we'll talk about that later, but thank you guys so much for listening. I enjoyed my time here. I did, too. It was very fun talking about these. It's always fun. It's always fun, yeah. It's always super fun. Uh, sometimes it's the highlight of my, le- of my week. It's always fun when I get to... Uh, use my music knowledge into something yeah yeah because most of the time i don't (laughs) no yeah what opportunities have you gotten besides from this to flex your musical knowledge besides randomly bringing it up into a conversation exactly exactly (laughs) or a youtube comment section yeah (laughs) or youtube comments but uh, we'll get to it now that's it that's it for today's episode of the c-string podcast hope you guys enjoyed we will see you guys next time yep see you later